Hey y'all, I'm Kua. And this is Kendra. And this is the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI. Hey Kua. Hey Kendra. Welcome back to a new episode. A new episode. We are back. This is episode eight. 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 Ep- episode eight. Look, we, we finally <laughs> got it down. We always question what episode we're on. But I know. Because time flies. It does. How's yeah. the week going? It's good. Today is a beautiful day outside. It is. I was able to sit by the water a little bit. So it was just nice. Okay. Yeah. It's a beautiful day in Buffalo, New York. In you Buffalo. know, it rained a little bit earlier, but then it turned around and um, we here. Yeah. We here. It's exciting. I can't wait for summer. I know. I mean, spring here can be sometimey, sometimey, you know? Yes. So hopefully, hopefully we're done with the snow, at least get, get rid of that. Knock on wood. Exactly. So, well, we'll dive right into our hot topic of the week. Let's do it. Uh, so a few weeks ago, we talked about, um, Kentanji, Kent, sorry, Kentanji Brown, uh, Jackson's nomination. And we really followed those proceedings very closely to see um, exactly what questions people were asking yeah, her, which yeah. was really interesting. And, you know, but we were just so proud to see a black woman for the first time being nominated to the Supreme Court, highest court in the land. Absolutely. And uh, not only just a black woman, a highly skilled, yes. highly educated, yes, very, you know, she, all the degrees, all of it, all the different layers and levels yes. of, of judging that she's done and right. clerkships and all that type of stuff right. too. So, and one thing I really appreciated too, was her showing her vulnerability, mm. you know, and being her authentic self, despite some of the questions that she was being asked. And right. so that was just really great for me to see. Um, and so I was just really excited to see what the next steps are going to be through her nomination. And so there has been an update. There has been. And uh, so since uh, since yesterday, uh, the Senate panel tied 11 11 mm. to the nomination, forcing an extra vote on her way to being conformed, uh, confirmed to the Supreme Court. And so with that update, um, you know, we move one step closer yeah. uh, to nominating the first ever black woman on the Supreme Court. Um, like I said, the panel was split 11 to 11. So what does that mean? Um, all Democrats were in support of and, and all Republicans were against. And so the deadlock vote for Senate Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to invoke special procedures to advance Jackson's nomination. Yeah. So they you know, it's an extra step. We know that she'll still go to the Senate floor. Right. And um, more than likely, there's not going to be anything right. wrong in terms of her kind of moving forward. And it's just an extra step and a little extra little bit. So I don't know if you watched um, some of the comments. Right. Because mm-hmm. each person on that judicial committee that votes for Supreme Court got to comment about, yeah. you know, just their interactions with her during that process. Um, and even the Republicans who ended up voting against her spoke very highly of her. Yes. Talked about, you know, one said, oh, you know, I met your family and they were really They should be really proud of you. You really emulate the American dream. Mm-hmm. Um, you are highly educated and highly skilled and, you know, more than prepared for this role. But I'm still not going to vote for you. Exactly. Right. And so it's really interesting, I think, what it comes down to. And it, you, you could see the politics kind of playing out yes. in it, but it just. It's 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 reminiscent of things that people of color have ha- always had to say, right? right? Like we have to work twice as hard. We have to position ourselves uh, twice as much to get half to get half or to go through some some more right. layers than other folks have to. Exactly. You know? And one thing that um, 
she has said after this this decision was was split, mm-hmm. um, you know, she expressed gratitude for the nomination and she pledged that if confirmed, she will support and defend the Constitution in this grand experiment of American democracy that has endured over the past 246 years. Yeah. Um, and so she is, you know, we're we're all hopeful. Right. Uh, for her to be finally confirmed. Yeah. And just to be proud that we see a black woman, you know, the Supreme Court. Absolutely. So we are we'll we'll be watching. We'll be looking. Um, probably some tears flowing. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably for sure. But um, it's an exciting time. I think although obviously there's some stuff that has to be worked out. Mm-hmm. Hopeful that it's going to be. Yeah. You know, a good a good thing for her. So yes. excited about that. Good yeah. thing for her and a good thing for, uh, for the U.S. Yeah. as well. So. All right, so we're going to also dive right in. We're super excited today. Uh, we have a guest that is joining us. We are super excited to welcome Kristen Bray. Hi, Kristen. I see you hey on Hey, y'all. Hey, hey, y'all. hey. How's it excited going? Excited to be here. Excited so Kristen, to be here. Kristen um, is awesome. She's doing a lot in the community. She is the Manager of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at BSE Global. That stands for Brooklyn Sports Entertainment. Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Got you. Uh, global. And so she works very closely. They're the folks who own um, er, and manage the Barclays mm-hmm. Stadium. Okay, look, I'm trying to get it right. I got you. I got you. I'm trying to get it right. Yep. So um, Kristen also is a part of a lot of other organizations. Um, how I think we got introduced is by the National Urban League, right? Those different mm-hmm. connections um, in the community. So we're super, super excited to have you here. Um, Kristen's going to talk a little bit about the work that she's doing um, in the sports world, in the sports realm, downstate. You know, we upstate. We upstate they, a little they bit. We're still Western, though. Western yeah. New York, you know. Because <laughs> anything above, I feel like... New York what? City is always upstate. Yonkers is considered upstate yeah. down in New York City. That's a whole different conversation. So <laughs> uh, Kristen has a lot of experience. She's an HR professional, uh, six years of experience in the diversity, recruitment, project management, and programming in the DNI space. Um, so we're excited to talk with her just about some of the events that that's going on, some of the initiatives and programming that you've been putting on um, to connect BSC Global's brand story with the world of diverse consumers. And so We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, but before we do, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself a little bit more, how you got into the space um, and kind of currently what you're what you're up to? Yeah, yeah. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Like, I'm really excited to be here and just share a little about the work that we're doing here at um, BSC Global. So um, I'm actually originally from Texas. So oh, okay. I say everything from upstate, like to me, I'm like, you know, if it's not New York City, it's, it's the rest of <laughs> rest of New York so um but yeah I've been in Brooklyn actually past five years ever since I moved to New York so Brooklyn now is the second longest place I've ever lived I I really have a sincere genuine relationship to the community and the individuals and organizations that I've met here so coming into this position has been meaningful meaningful to me in so many ways just because I get to kind of connect the dots on a lot of these connections and businesses and people in the community that I've met and bring them into obviously the hometown hometown heroes and so um, and being the DEI manager um, honestly I applied to this job how I got into the diversity inclusion space um, I started as diversity recruitment strategies and events manager at National Urban League where I helped our corporate sponsors and our partnerships and our organi- um, organizations. Um, help diversify their talent pipeline. So creating strategies, working with HBCUs, working with um, 
professional affiliations, such as obviously Black MBA, um, NAACP, other um, types of organizations that have talent pipeline that is diverse, um, which really was a great segue into DEI, which is now my passion, full-blooded, um, full-blooded passion. And so it's been really exciting um, just crossing over into BSC Global for a little bit of color. Um, BSC Global is the parent company of New York Liberty, the Long Island Nets, Nets GC, and obviously Brooklyn Nets, and then as well as Barclays Center. So our DNI department, in a nutshell, we serve as consultants and strategists to mm -hmm. all five of those liaisons, um, with Brooklyn Nets being obviously our primary focus, as in they bring in the most revenue for the company and organization. So much of my day-to-day, -day, this has really been a different experience. I kind of almost not like I hate telling people what I do, but it's like a different take on DNI because it's it's really fun. It really not that DNI is not fun in other positions, but there's an internal and an external approach in the work that we do. And so um, while we focus on building an inclusive workforce and defining what does diversity mean to BSC Global and the metrics that surround that, we do a lot of work in the community um, and building equity in our partnerships with our external stakeholders mm -hmm. and organizations. And so um, much of my day-to-day -day is really focused on um, four buckets. And that first is the Nets Unite platform. And so our Nets Unite platform are a series of united games that are focused on building equity and community across Brooklyn. Um, and we do this by amplifying the rich traditions and heritage of the community. And the way that we actually like put this into play is that, um, we use our supplier diversity program. Okay. So our, okay. our supplier diversity program is this amazing, amazing program in which um, minority owned businesses and um, women owned businesses can apply to our program in an um, opportunity to do business with the Brooklyn Nets, with Barclays, with New York Liberty. And so the goal is essentially to um, have these businesses become goods and suppliers of goods um, and services for teams in the arena. The program is really a an important part of our five-point action plan, which was established by Clara Wu Tsai and Joe Tsai, who are our owners. Um, and this whole initiative came out of George Floyd and the need to make sure that the work that we're doing is both reflective internally and externally with the partnerships that we're making. And so um, through this program, you know, we've had small businesses come on board and you know, sell their restaurant services, vendors sell their services in Barclays for a year round. You know, we've had um, BK Lobster, shout out to them, but you know, they've come <laughs> on board and, um, you know, sell their um, catering services, their food services to um, our consumers. So it's been very meaningful to connect obviously minority-owned businesses, businesses that look like me, who sell yeah. good to me and my family. Um, come on board and do work with us. And it's been it's been an amazing experience too through the Nets Unite platform, um, through these game experiences. You know, we have a say in the merch collaborations that we do. If it's Women's History Month, our DNI department serves as consultants to say what kind of women are we are we supporting? Like mm -hmm. what time of the narrative are we celebrating? You know, are we looking at just one 
bracket of women? Are we talking about transgender women? Are we celebrating mm. amplifying women who are veterans or disabled women? You know, what are what is the true story of what we're trying to tell when it comes to Women's Impact Month, when it comes to Black History Month? For Latinx, are we doing Afro-Latinos and are we covering that amplification? You know, making sure that what we're doing for the Nets obviously makes sense for the community. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, that sounds like some amazing... Yes initiatives that you um, all are, are undertaking at this point. And I think it really excites me too. We, one of our first episodes, we talked about um, corporate social justice and how organizations are really moving the needle in their mm -hmm. community based off of all these different commitments that were right. discussed back in 2020. Now we're what, two years into the mix. Um, and so people are really asking those types of questions. What have you done since you've made right. statements, since you've come out? Um, and so to hear that you have some initiatives, some concrete initiatives is exciting, especially as it relates back to uh, minority women-owned businesses and really growing those businesses and putting a light on them uh, for other folks to really know what services that they have. So actually I actually have a question as it relates to your uh, supplier diversity program. So I just want to know, like, have you had any target numbers or like how many organizations have really been able to um, take advantage of that specific program? Mm -hmm. And and have you seen a lot of success in terms of their own growth after being, you know, um, brought into the fold of the programs that you have going on? Of course. So um, this program, actually, it's been one year in um, existence. So we're kind of still in the um, pilot program of it. And so as far as we're actually in real time trying to scrub the data just to make sure that we're trying to get that report for ourselves and kind of measure success. Um, we set we set our goals and our objectives, but on the other end, we are actually trying to evaluate um, what has been the success of our efforts. Um, our goals is that you know we want to make sure that we're 51% owned, operated, and managed by individuals who are minorities, women, disabled, and LGBTQ. Um, that has been kind of our benchmark, um, and we have other benchmarks that are associated with just how much money we're allocating to small businesses and what is the equity um, that lies in that. But um, I really can't, I, like, I'm not about to get on here a lot because I know hard. <laughs> Ooh, I don't want them to be in comments, um, but I never tell a lie when it comes to like our metrics and our success. Um, we have seen just tremendous applications come through. Um, we have seen a huge increase in just our partnerships, our collaborations. Um, I'm actually wearing merch that came from Suit to Sai. Oh, I love that. Is, um, if you guys don't know her, she's an amazing illustrator um, out of Brooklyn. And, you know, this is like the work that we do. We sell this in store. Mm. Um, and so I can't give you those finite definitions, yeah. but do a year from now, I'm going to come back on this podcast cast and I'm gonna run it up on what awesome. we've been doing. We will, we will <laughs> definitely, you on that. right, we'll have right? you back for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, so a lot of the things that you're talking about too is, is building community and mm. what does that look like? We talk about building communities um, and Brooklyn obviously is a huge community and then past that in New York City, the, the bigger area of New York. And so what does community building look like for you um, within these programs, but then also to bringing people into the spaces like Barclays as well, looking for um, to root on the Brooklyn next or or the, the Liberty. But what does community look like in your eyes um, for BSE? Yeah, so community, it's kind of, it's multi-layered, right? So there's an internal approach and the biggest way that we drive community within our organization is the focus on our ERGs because your ERGs obviously shape and define culture. And that's obviously 
important to us. And um, I feel our DNI department's going through a whole revamp and we are redefining kind of what is our vision and strategy. Um, we build community by integrating our ERGs into the supplier diversity, into our net tonight platform. So we make sure that they have a key role in essentially the operations that we do when it comes to the strategic planning of these games. Because prime example, if you're planning for Women's History Month, how could you not involve, obviously, the women's ERG? And now that we're coming from a company that's dominated by women, we have 728 women employees out of our entire employees like database. We build community by having their friends, having these businesses that they're connected to that are women-owned businesses, pulling the resources from them from the ERGs and connecting them to our Nets Unite platform so that we're creating a holistic circle essentially of community in which we're pouring into each other in a consistent way. And that's essentially our approach to this entire Nets Unite platform to supply our diversity to our ERG is we always want to make sure that we're essentially working within the metrics that we set in the circle that we mm. define um, and tying it all back together, which our end goal is obviously that 51% own number that I dropped and as well as um, making sure that our platform is reflective of the borough of Brooklyn. So can you talk a little bit more about your, your resource groups and, and kind of some of the initiatives that those those groups work on, I know, like you said, it really ties back into culture and they usually are your biggest advocates for being out in the community and can extend just the mm -hmm. type of diversity that you have internally. So you can talk a little bit about, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so we got we got five ERGs, awesome okay. ERGs. <laughs> and so we have um, our Black Alliance Network. Um, we have our Ola, they just changed their name today, but that is oh, our um, Latinx. Latinx ERG. That's cute. <laughs> um, we have our Pride ERG. We have BSC Women. And then we have, um, why am I drawing a blank? BSC Women Band, Latinx, Pride. And then I'm so sorry. I am drawing a blank. Oh, Asian Alliance. Asian nice. Alliance. And so um, obviously those are our core five. We are coming into this role, I'm definitely looking to expand to working parents and to veterans. Mm. Those are some areas of opportunity, I think, um, that is a need for us as an organization. But um, I can speak to, I'll speak to one. Um, so our Black Alliance Network, they are heavy hitters in the community. I mean, I always have to remind them like, hey guys, I'm the band, you know, you have me for support. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they rock and roll. Um, they are absolutely amazing with um, their established partnerships in the community. Um, they kicked off the year, actually, the second week in a year with a partnership with Good Shepherd Services, mm. um, which is obviously an organization that serves um, marginalized and historically underrepresented um, individuals. And so they did a career day in which they hosted the students and the students were able to connect with obviously black professionals. And it was really like a black professionals matter summit essentially um, where the students had a safe space to be candid and to work with um, our black employees at our organization and give them real advice on how to get into the sports industry and to navigate it as a black mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, from there, we hosted them for our MLK Day United game in which we brought the students out to the game, had them connect with, you know, obviously other individuals who are part of um, game day production, gave them a tour of the arena, gave them, you know, a credible night um, in a suite, other opportunities which they might not have 
because not everyone can just go to a Nets game, mm-hmm. um, in which that night we obviously uplifted, uplifted social justice work and advocacy and gave them a run of land of the work that we're doing in the community. And that's how we're always trying to tie it back into a complete circle. Um, and another initiative too, um, I'll speak to is our women's group, our BSC Women's ERG. They hosted the amazing students of Power Play. Shout out to Power Play. If you ever, anyone wants to research the work that they do, mm-hmm. um, they uplift women um, and non-binary students to, who have a focus in student athlete um, mm-hmm. careers in education. And we brought them into um, the headquarters for an event called The Huddle, in which we delegated our women's ERG as captains, where they could provide guidance on how to overcome stereotypes, gender bias, socioeconomic um, challenges to to women, that women face in the real world. And um, that was absolutely an incredible event. Um, the students were so happy in which we hosted them again at um, the arena and gifted them with actually women's curated products that were out of our supplier oh, diversity that's nice. program. Nice. So we always try to make sure that we are pouring back into essentially the people who pour into us. And um, that was completely led by our ERG and that was their idea. And um, those are just kind of a small, very, very small lens of kind of the work that we do. But there's been other um, instances where I know our Black Alliance group, you know, they've raised funds for, you know, those who are incarcerated, who don't have access to maybe professional wear so that when they approach reentry that they have the opportunity to come correct exactly and um, we really work hard to search out the needs of the community and find a way for our ERG to always make sure that they have a hand in those needs that's amazing I love it I know it's it's always good to see how it connects back to community I think that was a really great question right right? like how do the resource groups connect um, specifically in the communities that you serve and it sounds like they're really taking um the initiative to do so so commend you for those efforts for sure yeah yeah. so we're all in this dei space and kristen as you said in the beginning um you know it's it can be fun um which we are looking forward to and it also can just be hard work at the end of the day because we know that it's a shift in mindset a shift in culture a shift in the way we look at community as we just talked about and so a lot of our day-to-day work we focus on buy-in right? How do we have people buy into what we're doing? And so can you just talk a little bit about what does that buy-in look like for you with BSE, some of the work that you're doing with the employees of BSE so that they can ultimately support these goals and initiatives? Yes, I can, I can definitely speak to it because buy-in has been, I'm sure as you guys know, because you, you guys <laughs> have way more experience than me, it's, it is very challenging. Um, So buy-in for us, I think, is twofold. Um, It is definitely from a business standpoint. There's obviously you have to make a business case for it. So it's really driving revenue. And um, that is what we're doing actually in real time. So with the supplier diversity program, with the Nets Unite platform, um, these are all our pilot programs that we've launched in the past year. And so we're now starting to measure, you know, what has been a success rate, what has been the revenue streams that have come from these nights. we obviously know this is a safe space, but we know it's the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. when people are like, why should you care? Because it is the right thing. To right. Do. right. <laughs> like it's nothing else that you have to tax on that. But obviously to other demographics, it might not be the right thing to do and you have to make a case for it. And so um, a lot of what we do 
we really lean and trust into the community that, you know, this is the right thing to do, but also that this community, this demographic is going to come out and celebrate, you know, come out and support. When we do these special merch collabs for API night and we partner with House of Slay or Philip Lim, that, you know, we have a turnout at our networking events of over 300. Mm. And you see other people say, I didn't think anyone was, and it's like, why would you think that? Because you skipped over a demographic that you otherwise thought wouldn't support or turn up for this population. And so it's really just about, one, it's about optics, two, it's about obviously building a revenue base from um, the partnerships and engagements that we're doing. But three, it's also creating and adding to our inclusive workforce that we're trying to build in real time. And all of these things, again, go back to that circle that we are trying to create. Um, It's like, as long as we stay on this circle, it's going to be complete. Um, And as long as we're contributing to building just an equitable, inclusive workforce, um, that's, it's just the right thing to do. So it's kind of how we approach buy-in. And another thing um, I will say too, is um, we're always trying to have our senior leadership when it, whether it's our ERGs, whether it's our new Nets Unite platform, we're always trying to have essentially an executive sponsor kind mm-hmm. of oversee the work that we do so that they are a part of this change. Because sometimes it can be so top heavy, everything can be segmented when it comes to DNI efforts to HR, to your actual organizational behavior. Um, we try to make sure that senior leadership is included in all of the activations and the work that we do, because as much as we care, we obviously know that we need to have them involved. That top top down in terms of that approach and the buy-in from the top, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So, Kristen, you had mentioned a little bit about, you know, increasing a diverse workforce, right? And having a pipeline, you talked some about some of the student efforts that you've done and, and what you um, hope to do in, in the near future. Can you talk a little bit more about how people who might be interested in getting into the sports field or, you know, in, in this specific field, how, how, what's the path look like? How can they connect to, you know, yeah. to sports, to entertainment? How do they, how do they get into that space if they're interested? So you know what's crazy. <laughs> um, I I can't even tell you how many since coming to this position, I can I can just I'll sell myself short. I have probably talked to 60 people, like wow. just people shooting their shots saying, like, I'm looking for this. Um, if anyone's on this call, you ever want to know what it's like working here. I am very reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm very big on just I'll do what I can to help you. I just I know how much I struggled. I think we've all struggled in getting just opportunities. And that's all people need. People just need an opportunity. They right. need a chance, um, to succeed or to apply to something. So um, my door is always open. And I'll say my boss, he's never too big to like have a closed door. He's always like, yeah, someone wants to talk to me, um, reach out to me. But as far as kind of breaking into entertainment and sports, before I came into this position, Um, I actually reached out to different people, um, whether it was I had tried film and media and I just set up an informational interview with um, a a C-suite for Skydance Studios just to pick his brain about, you know, what is media? What is entertainment? What am I trying to do from a DNI lens and perspective? Um, I'm someone who knocks on doors and even if they close, I'm going to keep knocking until you answer it. (laughs) Um, I would definitely strongly encourage um, one, you know, taking that approach, whatever industry that you're trying to go into, whether it's sports, whether it's media, film, you know, research who is on 
the team that you're essentially trying to work on and try to connect with them via LinkedIn, um, via speaking engagements that they might may be participating in. Um, the second approach that I would take, um, just getting into sports and NBA as well, is from my perspective, I think this is one of the most welcoming and mm. kind of environments that I've been. I've been actually thoroughly shocked um, how helpful, um, especially from the NBA side. Um, they they have so, there's so many people who like look like us and I think I get taken back because when you're coming from predominantly white organizations I kind of had that mentality that I was going to go into a limited environment but um, everyone especially on the NBA side is like yeah like I'll give you the rundown of like how I got in and it's really big on networking as you can imagine sports is just heavily like networking 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 um, so my really biggest piece of advice is brush up on your small talk and networking skills um, for anyone um, and, and know what it is that you're looking to achieve. I think that's the hardest part for all of us is sometimes we want the opportunity, but we don't mm. know what's on the other side of what it is we're trying to do. And I think even especially coming to this position and quite transparently, um, I had a binder of ideas that I wanted to do. And as they would come to me, I would just write down ideas, ideas, ideas. And I'm so grateful to my time at National Urban League because it taught me how to one, fundraise and to um, make diversity and inclusion, honestly, a profitable revenue stream. And that's the mindset I had to have coming into here. Um, and it kind of gave me leverage. But the third thing was I really had to write out my story and what is the vision that I want to achieve here. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I, you know, positioned and what I pitched to um, my current boss right now. And I can say, you know, it's really helped us going into next season. We're already excited about so many things we want to do and how we want to expand to push the needle forward. Um, but if, if I really had any key advice, I would tell someone that, you know, come into this informational interview with just like, these are the ideas of what I'm trying to achieve because I promise you someone's going to plug and chug you into something that is like aligned with you. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. I feel like that was a gem. That was but. a gem. That definitely was a gem. And you know, we usually, that's one of the things that we'll, we'll ask you. I don't even know if we no, mentioned yeah. that, like what's your gem of the day. So just keep that in the back of your head as we're, you know, going, going through uh, some of these other yeah. questions, but yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't have any. I, I, mean, I was about to I say, gonna say I think are. you just wrapped it up for us. Like I was just so intrigued <laughs> right? by what you were saying. So we, we typically end our podcast with the gym of the day, something that you want to leave the people. Um, and then also too, where can we find you in terms of any social media you may want to plug or LinkedIn or anything that you want to say in terms of promoting anything with BSE as well? Yeah, um, that really was my gym of the day. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, my I guess if I had a gym of the day too is um, I think when people think of DNI, they think it's something that has to happen overnight or even in a matter of two years. Um, if you're working in the DNI space, one, you can't make everyone happy. You can only do what is the right thing. And I think people get a little bogged down because you see the criticisms on social media of all these other companies trying to actively change their culture. And sometimes you're gonna mess up, right? It's just, it's, it's just kind of fair. And the only thing you can do is brush your shoulders off. Know that change doesn't happen overnight. Let's, let's look at the civil rights movement. Like we still in, <laughs> we're right. still in a 2.0. Right. Exactly. 
Exactly. So Jim in a day is, you know, like, you know, when you get criticism, just learn from it and always be a mm-hmm. student of the universe and listen to your colleagues and adjust. And I know that I have you guys in my back pocket who have been in this work and been in the trenches. I know I can reach out to you guys and don't be afraid to really just speak up and listen to people. Um, that's my gym. Awesome. <laughs> so where can we find you with social media or LinkedIn? Yeah, so LinkedIn, um, Kristen Bray. It's straight like that, no chasing, without the eye. <laughs> um, and then you can also find me on um, Instagram at kbray. Awesome. So we will plug you in to the show notes if people want to take a look. And listen, Kristen offered, if y'all are interested in getting to this field, go on and hit her listen. up. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people will do yeah. that. Well, look, look at I, me. I, you, okay. I, anyways. So hit her up. There's so many times that, you know, we'll give talks and we'll talk to people and they're so interested. And then you give them the contact and they never really follow through. But when people offer and are really sincere in that, definitely take advantage of that. So we are now connected to you. Yes. Pull you into our fold and and vice versa. Uh, Next time I'm in New York, I'm gonna have to hit you up. I'm always in New York. So, you know, the Urban League, I'm always there as well. So we'll definitely connect. Exactly. Please, please. Listen, we get you to a New York Liberty game, Nets game, if we make the playoffs. But hey, (laughs) when you make the playoffs, optimism. Speaking into existence, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But we want to thank you so much for your time today. We learned so much. Um, You know, good luck on the efforts that you have for the rest of the year. Um, We're looking forward to the success that you're going to come back and and share with us um, once you get this you know, get this other stuff down. So yes. continue the fight, continue the work. Excited to, to watch your journey in the space. Awesome. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. We will see me. y'all next week. <laughs> Peace. Peace.